Jesse Kelly show on a Monday. Let's have some fun. I want you to imagine something. And don't be wrong. We have a huge show for you. Obama. Subway. Yeah. Turns out that woke politics hurts the bottom line. We have illegal immigration stuff. And a disastrous infrastructure bill. And hilarious audio. We have all that. But first, set all that stuff aside for a moment. It's a Monday. Been a long day for you. I want you to imagine something. Imagine you and I, we live together. Don't make it weird. We're just roommates or something. You and I, we live together. I'm in charge. It's why it's, it's my house. I'm letting you stay there. So in general, you have to do what I say. And I wake up one morning, go out, get a cup of coffee. You come out, you wake up, and you say, what's going on? And I'm looking out the front window, and I turn and I say to you, hey, you know, I'm sorry. I just went out there and checked. The front lawn, it is full of landmines. And if you step on one, you're going to die. So you cannot go on the front lawn. You can't. Oh, and you would say, okay, I I understand. That's not good. We should probably get those cleaned up, but all right, that's not good. And you wake up the next morning, and there you see me walking around the front lawn with my morning coffee in my hand, waving to the neighbor, playing the ball with the dog. You would think to yourself, okay, that's that's odd. You just told me there were landmines there. I would come in, you'd say, are the landmines gone? And I'd say, nope. All those landmines are still there. Don't you dare walk on that front lawn or you're going to die. And then you woke up the next morning and saw me doing the same thing. And woke up the next morning and saw me doing the same thing. And the next morning saw me doing the same thing. And the next morning saw me doing the same thing. What conclusion would you come to? Would you say to yourself, Jesse's a hypocrite? Maybe. Maybe, probably, but what's the real conclusion you would come to? You don't want to come to it. We're roomies after all, right? We live together. We're hanging out. We have beers on Friday. What's the real conclusion you would come to? Maybe there aren't any landmines in the front lawn. Maybe Jesse was lying the whole time. You see... All the outrage today, and I'm not going to spend the whole show on it. And remember, we got we got uh, we got Megan Kelly coming up at the beginning of the final hour. We have a big show tonight, and I have a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. So I'm not going to spend all day on this because everyone's been talking about it. You've you've beaten it to death. Barack Obama throws this massive rager out at his, I think, eleven, twelve million dollar Martha's Vineyard mansion, and at this rager. It's everyone who's anyone. Kamala Harris was there. Eric Holder. All the Democrat elites. All the Hollywood types. All the musicians. All the people, frankly, who lead our various cultural institutions. From the DOJ to entertainment to the president himself. So on and so forth. They were all there. And they were all there in the middle of what is supposedly some massive coronavirus ramp up. There's a Delta variant. There's rumors of another variant that's even more deadly. Oh my gosh, we have CDC guidelines. Your kid has to be masked. Do you want your kid to die? This thing, it's much more contagious than the last variant, haven't you heard? And much deadlier. 
even if you're vaccinated, wear a mask. Haven't you heard these people? And they all show up at Obama's mansion to have a big old soiree. What is the lesson you should take from that? You see, you have to understand something. This is not a one-off. It has been time and time and time again. Cuomo, who's been leading the charge on coronavirus, we're all going to die. Cuomo gets busted about a day later at a fundraiser. No mask. And remember, all these I'm about to list, these are all pre-vaccine. Gavin Newsom goes out, shut down your restaurant. We will not gather in large numbers indoors. That night gets pictured inside 20-person party indoors. Lori Lightfoot, we have to shut down these salons. Getting your hair cut might kill you. Do you want to die? Gets busted that day in a hair salon. Everyone from tiny Texas mayors, I believe it was Beaumont, Texas, had a lady getting busted in the salon. Nancy Pelosi busted in the salon. What is with these women keep getting busted in the salons? Anyway, time after time after time, AOC just got busted last week. Wear a mask. We're all going to die. Someone's videotaping her. The second she thinks the camera's off, mask comes off. Why does this keep happening? Why does it keep happening? How could they possibly keep violating their own rules? Don't they know everyone's going to die? What if everyone's not going to die? What if the vast majority of people are going to be just fine? What if we have a new virus fresh from China, certainly deadly to old people and fat people, but what if we have a new virus fresh from China and we've already figured out how to treat it and none of these people are actually worried about getting or transmitting coronavirus. Remember, at this big Obama party, they're not just there. They're there with a bunch of other people, and they're there with friends and family, people they actually do care about. So why would they feel so comfortable doing it? Haven't you heard? There's a virus. Because these people aren't worried about coronavirus. And that's almost impossible almost impossible for most Americans to accept at this point in time. And I'll tell you why, and it's going to be a central theme of the show tonight as I go through every one of these major stories. It's too much for Americans to accept because here is the truth. Here's the raw, right between the eyes truth before we move on and start tackling other stuff. You ready? The honest truth is Every single one of your cultural institutions, every single one of the pillars, the the groups, the institutions that lead your society, that lead every society, everyone you have in America in 2021 is entirely broken, corrupt, politicized, and worthless. Now, even a person on the right has a hard time getting to that point. People will actually write me and they'll say, hey, Jesse, love shows, things like that. Man, it bums me out when you talk like that. Hear me now and hear me well. It is not my job to powder your butt for you. I'm not your mommy. I'm your daddy. I'm telling you how it is. They're all gone. And you don't want to admit that. 
And I get it. Look, I don't take any pleasure in saying it. I don't take any pleasure in acknowledging it. I just think we have to before we can possibly choose where we're going next. People, even when they get tied up in politics and wrapped up and Democrats suck, people deep down still want to believe, well, the the CDC, though, I mean, they still they still really, really care about stopping the spread of infectious diseases. That is their mission. These are a bunch of doctors. They're practically saints. They're not. Those days are gone. But the FBI, I mean, sure, there's a couple bad agents on tap. I I get that. But for the most part, they're out there tackling terrorists. They're out there digging into these child predators. They're out there digging into the scum of this society. No, they're going after you. Okay, Jesse, but uh, deep down somewhere, uh, somebody's fighting for us who knows what... No, they're not. They're all gone. They're all gone. If you could wade through all of this and find out all the dirty stuff back back behind the scenes, you'd find out they're all gone. You, an American, have one thing left to you. One and only one. You know what that thing is? I'll tell you in a second. First and foremost... You and I have to talk about finances. You see this latest, you see the latest about inflation. I'm not laughing, but what else can we do? I mean, what else can you do when you see numbers like this? Three-year, median three-year inflation expectations are now 3.7%. Many will see 8%. Eight. You can't go on like that. You have got to protect what you have before this government ruins it for you. The only way to do that, get some precious metals. And when I tell you about Oxford Gold, understand, I'm not talking about, oh, you you own some gold somewhere. Congrats, Bob. It's on your door. You open up that safe you have in the house, you see your weapons, you see your jewelry, your little cash, and you see gold or silver. Call Oxford Gold Group today. Take some steps to make sure you're not wiped out. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse sent you. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, I certainly won't forget, it is a Medal of Honor Monday tonight. And I know you love Medal of Honor Monday. Everybody loves it for the new listeners we just take a Medal of Honor citation every Monday. Only good and decent thing we do all week during the show, and we read it. Just read it for everybody. These men and their deeds deserve to be honored. Tonight's is a little different. Tonight's is a little special. It'll be about 40 minutes from now. Tonight's is special because I got an email from a listener that relates a story about it. I'm gonna and I'm gonna read you the email before I read the citation, and it's gonna be stinking cool. It was stinking cool. Chris and I were geeking out over the whole thing. So about 40 minutes from now, we got Medal of Honor Monday, and that's going to be worth it. You have one institution left. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to think about it, and I don't want to think about it. They're all gone. You don't have you don't have an EPA. You don't have entertainment. You don't have uh, any any branch of the government. None. What few military members you do have, you're losing them. 
and will continue losing them as they continue the purge of anyone on the right. You have one institution left to you. One. The states. Certain individual states. I didn't say any of that to bring you down. I said that so you can understand the seriousness of fortifying the states because they're not going to leave that last stone unturned. They're not going to look at these red states that are using their power to protect their citizens from the communist hordes and look at those states and say, oh, let them have it. Oh, they can have Alabama. Who cares? We're fine with everything else. Oh, Florida, no big deal. They have Florida. We have other stuff. No, they're coming. So we must be more active. That's why I encourage you now and always, if it's even humanly possible, run for office. I don't care whether it's school board, state senator, whatever it is. Run for office, and when you get there, be an activist. Fortify. Move forward. Take ground. Put them on the run. We must fortify these states. This Obama party was not anything major. It was simply example number 10,000. These people, they sold you on a virus and told you everyone was going to die. Only they don't believe that. So why would all of them sell it to you? Why would they tell you and I, go home, hide, you're going to die? Why would you sell that if you don't believe it? And they don't believe it. How many times do these people have to get caught doing stuff like this? They don't believe it. Why would you sell it? Well, because over the last year and a half, all these people and all their major big tech friends, all these big box store friends, they've all gotten filthy rich and a lot more powerful. You, on the other hand, you've gotten poorer. You've gotten poorer, and the middle class they hate so much. Remember, the middle class in general is always, always the enemy of the communists. The communists don't mind the super wealthy. The super wealthy just align themselves with the communists. And the communists have always gone after the super poor because it's easier to sell communism to the super poor. Always they look at the middle class and they think to themselves, how can we destroy them? And the easiest way to destroy the middle class is to make sure you take all those people and shove them down into the lower class. Make every one of them dependent on the government, and then you own them. You have profoundly evil people in charge of your country. And I don't just mean the president. It goes way beyond that. The people who run your cultural institutions are lying scumbags who cannot be trusted. It was not always this way. And you don't have to feel bad about America turning out this way. Understand this. This is the history of the world. This is what happens to every single empire once they become wealthy and powerful enough. Every one of them. Every one of them get fat, rich, lazy, and bored. And then they start to tear each other apart from within as their various cultural institutions rot out and become corrupt. And that's what happened here. You understand You understand how amazing it is, truly, truly amazing it is, that we're at a time in American history, if you say the word 
the letters FBI to somebody, half the country at least will roll its eyes and sneer. That's stunning. And that's not good. No, don't be wrong. It's right. I do the same thing, but that's not good. And look, they tell you. They tell you what they think about you all the time. It's not just that they're accidentally hurting you. They're hurting you because, well, like I said, you're in the way of their communism. And two, they really, really do look down on you. Take a listen to this New York Times reporter. Other people said, you know, this is really being overblown. They're following all the safety precautions. People are going to sporting events that are bigger than this. This is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. And and this is just about optics. It's not about safety. Haven't you heard? Yes, you have to worry about coronavirus. Put a mask on your kid and send him to kindergarten. You're not one of the sophisticated ones, are you? Of course they can do this. They're sophisticated. I love how she used that word. Play that again, Chris. I just, I just like, I like to drink this in. I, and I tell you, drink this in. There is value in understanding what your enemy thinks about you. Other people said, you know, this is really being overblown. They're following all the safety precautions. People are going to sporting events that are bigger than this. This is going to be safe. This is a sophisticated vaccinated crowd. And they're and sophisticated. Yes, you have to close your small business. Yes, you have to wear a mask on, even when you're home trying to play board games. Yes, your kid who's not at any danger from coronavirus, he has to wear a mask, and he has to do school over a Zoom call and cry because he can't understand math, and he doesn't get to play with his friends. And no, you don't get to say goodbye to your father who's dying. You can just do a Zoom call. No, you can't bury your mom. But it's because you're unsophisticated. Don't you understand? You're unsophisticated. The sophisticated types... Well, they can do whatever they want. Remember, always remember, they're not hypocrites. They're not hypocrites. I mean, they are, but that's beside the point. They're not worried about coronavirus. Barack Obama has a 600-person party, and everyone who showed up at that party has been lecturing you for a year and a half about coronavirus. They didn't show up there because they're hypocrites. They showed up there because they're not worried about getting coronavirus. They're not worried about spreading it. They're not worried about getting it. They're not worried about coronavirus. So you move on and live your life too. Stop letting any of these people dictate anything to you. The time for rebellion is now. 877-377-4373. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Monday. These people are always violating their rules because they're not worried about coronavirus. And here's the hard part for you. They pretty much never were. I know that sucks. And I know it sucks. It does because when you think about how this thing has crushed so many people, how the coronavirus response has crushed so many people. Remember this. Remember, don't ever try to soothe yourself with the thinking that the coronavirus lockdowns and masks and six feet away and closing schools and businesses and all this stuff. Don't ever try to soothe yourself with the, we had no choice. Oh, we had a choice. 
Nations have fought diseases in different ways since the dawn of time. These lockdowns were a choice. You think about all the people who were crushed with this response. And now, what's the big news out there today? Well, I mean, there's a ton of big news, but the big news out there is inflation, which will, of course, crush the middle class. If you're upper middle class or rich, you're not going to feel a dollar a gallon in gas. You're not going to feel a 3% inflation thing. You're going to feel it if you're the family of four making 80 grand a year. You're going to start making financial decisions because the value of the dollar in your bank is going down. So it's hard to get your mind to a place that the people leading your country are so insidiously selfish and evil they did that to you on purpose. But they did that to you on purpose. This was a choice. A choice we made as a nation. And no, I don't think you went along with all of it. No, I think you were mad about it. But the truth is, as a country as a whole, we got too rich, fat, and bored and too weak and scared. You know who didn't lock down for coronavirus ever? You know who never locked down for coronavirus? A poor community in Africa somewhere where you have to get up in the morning and walk two miles to grab fresh drinking water. Otherwise, your family's going to die that day. You know why they didn't? Because they're too hard. They're too hard. They don't have time to worry if somebody gets the sniffles. Life must go on for them. But because you and I are so wealthy, as a nation, as a whole, you and I are so wealthy and life is so good here, it just became easy to softly and meekly bow our heads and say, okay, daddy government, whatever you say, let me know when my 15 days is up. I'd love to come outside. Does that sound like a free people? Or does that sound like a nation of sheep and servants? What we did to ourselves in coronavirus is terrible. And you can blame the politicians, and I do. But the truth is this. We agreed. You know what? I thought Rand Paul nailed it. Rand Paul had some State of the Union thing he put out there. And I thought it was excellent. It was basically as if he's president. Now, let me clarify something. I like Rand Paul a lot. Rand Paul's never going to be president. Yeah, Chris is raising his hands. Why? Well, there's a couple reasons why. One, he's too short. Short men don't become president. People don't look as short men as leaders. Two, he uh, personally, when you get with him, he doesn't have the gravitas of a man who's going to become president. He kind of, and, and it's, it's his way. And don't get me wrong, he's smarter than everyone else. And I love Rand Paul. We're probably going to get him on at some point here in a week or two. I love Rand Paul, but he kind of has this way where it sounds like he's talking down to you and you're a moron. That never flies as president. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't fly. So I love Rand Paul, but he nailed this. And it's a little long, so I'll probably cut in in a minute. And yes, we'll take some calls tonight with everything else. 877-377-4373. But remember, the same rules apply tonight that have always applied with the phones. Get in, make your point, and make it fast. No, hi, Jesse. No, I love you. No, how are you doing? No, the, the, the whole country is listening. They don't want to hear us small talk. Here's Rand Paul. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. 
We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. That gone, Rand Paul. <laughs> He's right, though. The time is now. Not to just beat ourselves up for yesterday, although we should have an honest accounting for that. The time is now to stop complying. But the thing is, it has to be all of us. If it's one guy, you've seen what they'll do. If it's one guy, they take you down. If it's all of us, they don't. The time to stop complying is now. It's not just Obama's birthday party. It's not Lori Lightfoot and her crew cut. It's not Gavin Newsom. It's not Andrew Cuomo. It's not Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, AOC. It's not all these people who've been caught. The truth is none of them are worried about coronavirus. Remember Dr. Burks? That's my favorite example ever. The one of the leading voices, her and Fauci for coronavirus. We're going to have millions dead. It's going to be a dark day. Oh, I don't know how we're going to survive. Then Thanksgiving rolls around. Remember what she said? I don't know why this makes me laugh. It's just, it's so perfect. Remember what she said? Thanksgiving rolls around and she steps up and she says, Thanksgiving this year. I'm sorry, everybody. This coronavirus thing is just too deadly and it's flaring up now. Only Thanksgiving with immediate family. Don't be traveling around or doing Thanksgiving with extended family. Only immediate family. I'm a doctor and I know about coronavirus. You can trust me. And then gets off the microphone and promptly walks and gets on a plane and flies to Delaware to party with both sides of her family for Thanksgiving. These people aren't worried about coronavirus. It's a new virus. They came here from China. Yes, it poses a risk to people with pre-existing conditions, old people and fat people. We know that. That's why it's tearing up Louisiana right now because the obesity rate's super high there. This virus is deadly to fat people. We know. But we can treat this thing. We have our hands on it. Stop letting them get off on controlling you over it. Go live your life. My word. On top of all this, what message are we sending to our kids? I've told you this before, but I, I continue to see it. I'm driving through my neighborhood. I mean, we're talking the Texas, t- Texas suburbs. Driving through my neighborhood. A small group of healthy-looking teenage boys. They look like athletes. Walking around outside, all of them with their masks on their face. What are we doing? I want to meet those parents. I want 10 minutes with those parents. I want to sit them down, and I want to, I want to point out their son to them and say, this is your son, right? What have you done to him? Look at what you've done to your healthy teenage boy. When you're a teenage boy, you should be drinking too much Mountain Dew, running around, scraping your knees up, having fun with your friends, swimming in the pool, getting dirty, maybe getting in a little trouble now and then. Instead, what have we done? 
We need, we need these people to go on and lead our nation. You know that, right? We need them to lead our country. What are we doing to the mental state of these kids across America? All right. That's enough Obama. Do you want another example? Are you sure you want another example of what we have here? Okay. I've got one for you. Remember when I said all your cultural institutions are, tr- are corrupt and you can't trust them anymore? Remember when I said that? That was like 30 seconds ago. Oh, hang on for this. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Coming up 10 minutes from now is our special Medal of Honor Monday. Not only special because it's Medal of Honor Monday, but the email attached to this one. Mm. Remember when I just told you all your institutions were corrupted? Allow me to explain just a little bit more why that happened. You see, as I've tried to explain, I know I know it's offensive, but it's effective, and I'm an offensive person, so I'll say it again. If you get a driving permit, you get a you get a test saying you passed a driving class. That's great, right? Good, good. Most people would, you and I would say, oh, that's cool, cool. Unless it was Helen Keller doing the instructing. Then it's a little less impressive, right? What I'm trying to tell you is our institutions are corrupted and rotted out and filthy and useless now because the people going into them all got their credentials to get into them from places that suck. America's university system is completely beyond salvage, but completely beyond salvage at this point in time. And not just the university system. This is what hurt us so bad. Our elite universities, our best, Harvard, Yale, all these places, they're the worst. They're churning out people, ensuring they hate America enough. That's what they're doing as we speak, as we speak. Well, That's so damaging because you leave a place like Harvard and you will go become a leader in something, whether that be in the corporate area, whether it be in politics, whatever you do, you're going to be in charge. These elite universities produce tomorrow's leaders. If all of tomorrow's leaders were educated for 9,000 years to hate their own country, that's how you get a country run by people like James Comey, Nancy Pelosi. LeBron James, even though I know he didn't go to college, but still, that's how you end up there. That's how we end up here. Here's a headline for you. Told you I had one. You ready for this? Try not to drive your car off a bridge. This is from the post-millennial. Oregon governor signs new law allowing students to graduate without proving they can read, write, or do math. Hmm. You would look at that, and you, because you're a normal person, you would look at that and say, is, is she out of her mind? Kate Brown's their governor, by the way. Is she out of her mind? How can she do that? It's going to make everybody dumber. This is going to help wreck the place. She knows. She knows. They understand. Remember, these people are communists. I don't say that for the effect on the radio. They are. They're cultural Marxists. 
destruction is what they do. We're now going to hand kids a diploma who can't read, write, or do math? So what good is the diploma? That's what you're seeing now at a massive cultural level. What good is it saying you're a doctor when to get to be a doctor, the people who handed you those credentials, they're a bunch of cultural Marxist nutbags. Ask your doctor. Here's a little experiment for you. You have a family doctor. Well, I guess I don't want you to risk losing your family doctor, but I'm assuming you have a family doctor, personal doctor of some kind. Ask your doctor next time you're in there. Don't make a public display of it. Ask your doctor in a private moment how many genders there are. Ask him. Oh, he knows, by the way. He knows He knows how many genders there are. He's, he's not going to be confused about that. What does he feel like he's allowed to say? Who's controlling him? Who credentialed him? And that's today. 10, 20 years from now, our doctors, they'll all be people who are sure there are 57 genders. That's what I mean about cultural rot. But you have your institutions left, the institution of the states. You have states. That's why I implore people, get mad and run for office. You can do it. Don't doubt yourself. Don't start telling yourself all these excuses why you can't do anything. I'm just a teacher. I'm just a, I'm just a, a plumber. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Jesse, I don't have time. Jesse, I'm ugly. I don't like speaking in front of people. I don't have a good voice. If you want an excuse why you can't run for office, I promise you won't have a hard time finding one. You won't. You won't. There's a million and one of them out there. We need you. Not the guy next to you. Not, not your neighbor. Not, oh, I bet Bob would be good at it. He gives a good speech. You. You're the one who knows what needs to be done. We need you out there going. We need you out there going. All right? It's time. I'm going to take a phone call or two. You know how this works here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't be the next statistic. Don't be the next one I get emails about laughing because I hung up. Don't tell me hello. Don't ask me how I am. Be as rude as I am and get right to the point. The whole country's listening. Franch, I think that's your name. Go. Franch, is that you? And gone. See, Chris? See? Ben, you want to give it a shot? Gone. And that'll be it for the phones for the night. Look, I told you, the hook comes quick. The hook comes quick. What does it mean? They're signing into laws now. You don't have to read or write or do math to get a diploma. What does that mean? What does it mean? It means they're intent on destroying this. When I have a headline here, 20% of migrant children test positive for COVID after being released by Border Patrol, what does that mean? Well, they're worried about COVID, but they're they're turning all these people loose in the country who have COVID. Then this isn't good, and this is going to increase COVID. And I don't understand. They know. Have you thought about? Have you thought about something? And this is gonna this is gonna sound way out there, but we're gonna walk through this. You and I are gonna walk through this together. Have you thought long and hard about this? What if they want COVID cases to go up? Have you thought about that? 
do, do yourself a favor. We're going to do Medal of Honor Monday next. But take this break and think about why they would want Medal of Honor or, or why they would want COVID cases to go up. Think about it. All right, Medal of Honor Monday, and it's going to be a good one. Next. Jesse Kelly show on a Monday. We still have Megan Kelly coming up about one hour from now. And I have to do something I don't think I've ever done before on the show before we get to Medal of Honor Monday. This has never been done before on the show that I know of. It certainly won't ever happen again. But it looks like I have to admit I was wrong about something. You know, I said we were going to go to the phones. And I warned everybody, be good on the phones. Don't screw it up on the phones. Be good on the phones. And then I went to a couple callers and couldn't hear anything. Yeah, it turns out that was a technical problem on our end. (laughs) You didn't do anything wrong. Um, If you called before and I tried to go to you, you can go ahead and call in and I'll make sure I get to you today. That would be my bad. 877-377-4373. That's enough of that. I'll never admit I was wrong again. Besides, there's a big fat I told you so I get to do here in just a minute on the show. But hang on a second. Hang on. Before we get to that, before we get to walking through where we're headed with these COVID cases and why I'm telling you they want them to go up, let's do my favorite part of the week, Medal of Honor Monday. As you know, we read a Medal of Honor citation every Monday on the show. The men and their deeds deserve to be remembered. It's not enough to know these men and these citations exist. If we don't read them and read them aloud to our kids, then they might as well not exist. What good does that do? So I got this email. I think you'll enjoy it. Hi, Jesse. Wanted to share a story from this weekend. We went to a family friend's house for a party on Saturday afternoon and had the opportunity to talk to the host's grandfather while we were eating. He mentioned that he went into the service in 1949. I have listened to your history stories long enough to know my next question for him. Did you serve in the Korean War? And he did. He told us he didn't talk about it until recently. We didn't get to talk long, maybe 20 minutes. We talked about the Russians and Chinese, about Russians pushing for access to the coastline, and he talked about how cold it was, the coldest he had ever experienced. Then he mentioned that he was wounded six times And was taken POW. I was fascinated by his stories. And then he started talking about the commander of his battalion. And how just uncommonly brave this commander was. And that he had heard he was awarded a medal of honor sometime later. That part of the story stuck in my head. And after we got home I decided to text his granddaughter. And ask if they knew the commander's name. And they did. Don Faith Jr. So of course I looked it up. Don Carlos Faith Jr., Korean War, Army Medal of Honor recipient. Honestly, if I had not been listening to you for the past few years, I would not have really known what to talk to his great gentleman about. I was very happy that I did get to hear the stories and shake his hand before he left. Last Monday, you read a Korean War Medal of Honor citation on a Marine. Thought maybe you could keep the Korean War theme this Monday as well, assuming you can get to this before the show. Thanks, Jesse. He says I can use his name. His name is Brian. So, without further ado, let us honor a man, Don Carlos Faith Jr., U.S. Army. 
Lieutenant Colonel Faith, commanding 1st Battalion, distinguished himself conspicuously by, gall by gallantry and intrepidity in action above and beyond the call of duty in the area of Chosen Reservoir. When the enemy launched a fanatical attack against his battalion, Lieutenant Colonel Faith unhesitatingly exposed himself to heavy enemy fire as he moved about directing the action. When the enemy penetrated the positions, Lieutenant Colonel Faith personally led counterattacks to restore the position. During an attack by his battalion to effect a junction with another U.S. unit, that means they were, by the way, side note, that means they were trying to drive a wedge between the American lines. It's a big, big deal. You have to have your lines connected. During an attack by his battalion to effect a junction with another U.S. unit, Lieutenant Colonel Faith reconnoitered the route for and personally directed the first elements of his command across the ice-covered reservoir and then directed the movement of his vehicles, which were loaded with wounded, until all of his command had passed through the enemy fire. Having completed this, he crossed the reservoir himself. Assuming command of the force his unit had joined, he was given the mission of attacking to join friendly elements to the south. Lieutenant Colonel Faith, although physically exhausted in the bitter cold, organized and launched an attack which was soon stopped by enemy fire. He ran forward under enemy small arms and automatic weapons fire, got his men on their feet, and personally led the fire attack as it blasted its way through the enemy ring. As they came to a hairpin curve, enemy fire from a roadblock again pinned the column down. Lieutenant Colonel Faith organized a group of men and directed their attack on enemy positions on the right flank. He then placed himself at the head of another group of men and in the face of a direct enemy, enemy fire, led an attack on the enemy roadblock, firing his pistol and throwing grenades. When he had reached the position approximately 30 yards from the roadblock, he was mortally wounded, but continued to direct the attack until the roadblock was overrun. Throughout the five days of action, Lieutenant Colonel Faith gave no thought to his safety and did not spare himself. His presence each time in the position of greatest danger was an inspiration to his men. Also, the damage he personally inflicted, firing from his position at the head of his men, was of material assistance on several occasions. Lieutenant Colonel Faith's outstanding gallantry and noble self-sacrifice above and beyond the call of duty reflect the highest honor on him and are in keeping with the highest traditions of the U.S. Army. And he gave his life for his country. How about that? How about that? That is a special one. All right. Now, why would they want coronavirus cases up? I mean, it's the only explanation, right? We have illegal immigrants with coronavirus pouring through the southern border. We've, we've turned our border patrol agents into grocery store cashiers. Why, though? What sense does that make? Doesn't it make Joe Biden look bad? It would make Joe Biden look bad. He promised it would take care of coronavirus, and now he's not taking care of coronavirus. Why would they want it to increase? Well, hang on to that thought for just a moment. This is going to sound unrelated, but it's not. Hang on to that thought. Free community college, preschool, and amnesty for millions. Senate unveils $3.5 trillion budget plan. $3.5 trillion. The plan includes, this is according to the Washington Examiner, the plan includes Green New Deal, New Deal energy initiatives, 
extends the child tax credit, raises taxes on business, would provide green cards to millions of illegal immigrants and their families. I mean, it is, it's, it's everything they ever wanted. Everything they ever wanted. Now, let me ask you. You're the Democrats. Let's say my theory's correct, and they're actively trying to increase the number of coronavirus cases in America. Let's say that's correct. Well, why? And let's say this $3.5 trillion budget plan actually gets passed with all these wildly unpopular things in it. And they're not just unpopular with you and I, keep in mind. The majority of America hates this. Why would they do that? One, they're trying to cram everything through before they lose the house. And two, why do you want coronavirus cases up? Well, I'll put it to you this way. You know that Gavin Newsom recall in California? You know right now you can print your ballot at home? Yeah, you should see the look on Chris's face. I'm sure it's the look on yours right now, too. Why do you think they want coronavirus up? Coronavirus, whether you think it was cheating or not, it's not even debatable. Coronavirus is the reason that idiot's currently in the White House. Do you think Democrats want coronavirus to go away? Do you? Have you considered coronavirus and everything it's brought to them? Let's talk about this infrastructure bill for just a second. This budget plan, I guess I should say. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, man. We have some good news. You know, we're going to get to this good news in a second. Let's clarify something about this $3.5 trillion budget plan real quickly. It's going to fail as it is right now. Yes, they're going to pass the huge infrastructure bill, but this $3.5 trillion budget plan is going to fail. However, they'll get $2 trillion. You know they'll get $2 trillion. I guarantee you they'll get $2 trillion. Why? Because that's how Republicans negotiate. Republicans say, no, I don't want any lima beans. And Democrats say, Here's 45 metric tons of lima beans. Eat them all now. And Republicans always respond, okay, I'll eat 25 tons. Deal? Hey, look what a great deal we got. Very bipartisan. That's the Republican way. That is the Republican way. And yes, remember the the little phone call snafu earlier was my fault. (laughs) Well, it's not my fault. It's the technical people. I don't deal with that stuff. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. You can email your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Oh, and don't forget, don't forget, the whole show is available by podcast on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. As soon as the show's done, Chris gets it up there. On iTunes, make sure you leave a review Talking about how handsome I am, like these new ones. This one's titled Right Wing Jerk, and we love it. As a pretty girl, I recommend you listen to this handsome man. Great history lessons and entertaining. Signed, Jennifer. (laughs) He's right. 
No BS, just facts. I just found this guy, and so far I agree. Nothing about my handsomeness on that one, though. This one's called Handsomeness Through the Roof. If I had Jesse's handsomeness, I'd throw mine away. (laughs) I love you guys. All right, for some good news. You remember that wrestler, that female wrestler, Tamira Mensa Stock? And I'm probably messing that. Tamira, maybe. Tamira, Tamira. Tamira Mensa Stock. She won the Olympic gold medaling for, for wrestling. And then she came out after and had this to say on TV. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it. And I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. Gosh, that's cool. Right? We all cheered. Wow, finally, an athlete on the world stage who loves the country. So it was great. Somehow this girl gets even more likable by the day. She is, I'm looking at an article here from notthebee.com. She won $37,500 from the Olympics and the Paralympic Committee, which I don't know what that is. I think it's the same committee, U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Anyway, you know what she's doing with the $37,000, $37,500? Her mom is apparently a widow. She's buying her mom a food truck. Quote, I made a promise to her and she loves cooking. It's just one of her passions. Growing up, we'd be like, oh, mama, you you put your back into this food. Like, literally, you put your foot in it. That actually doesn't sound very good now that I read the quote, but that's what she said. Anyway, she's buying her mom a food truck. Now, if you would like to know part of the reason I'm such a terrible person, part of it is Chris's fault because he's equally terrible, too. Because you know what I said? I had a rare moment where I had a, just the... Just a, Tiny little bit of a heart during the break. We were talking about this story. And you know what I said? Because this lady's from down here. She's from Katy. I mean, they're they're probably 15, 20 minutes from the studio, from where I sit right now. I said to Chris, oh, we're absolutely going to go to this food truck, and we'll get a bunch of other people to go to the food truck. And you know what Chris says to me? All my life, straight face. He says, but what if the food sucks? Like that matters, Chris. We were doing something nice for someone else. See, even when I try to do nice things, you torpedo them. This is why we have a reputation of being such bad people. I try to bring this show up, and you bring this show crashing back down. What? Let's get to some emails. Your show is an awesome find. I've been a Democrat up to the street riots, up to the street riots last year. I changed to independent and have been listening to conservative shows every day. Do you think that the immigrants coming in with COVID are purposefully being distributed to the red states to make those states' numbers look bad? I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah. I mean, of course. Of course. All this is intentional. And this is the difference. This is part of the reason why the communists are so good at taking over when when their ideas are unpopular. And remember, their ideas have always been unpopular. You and I have talked about this a hundred times, even back in the Soviet Union, before it had even been tried yet. They didn't have a majority of the people. They didn't even have close to a majority of the people. Their ideas are always unpopular, yet they're so good at taking power and gaining more power and taking over. How do they do that? How could they possibly do that? Well, here's how. They believe in using power. 
You see, when a Democrat takes office, any kind of office, and this, honestly, this is why I tell you to run for office, whether it's school board or state house or whatever it is, or president of the United States, or the head of some bureaucratic agency, FBI, CDC, any of these things. When a Democrat gets power in his hands, when a communist gets power in his hands, he immediately looks at it and thinks to himself, how can I use this power in a way that will get me more of it? That's what he thinks. What can I do in my position to make sure I am properly evangelizing for my religion, thus making sure I get more power? If you're a person, any position, any position at all, why do you think television and movies have gone so hard left and you can't go to the movies anymore? I took my kids to that new uh, Jungle Cruise movie with the rock in it because I didn't hear anything bad about it. And it, it is up, throughout the movie, I'm thinking to myself, it's a good movie. But of course, one of the main characters has to be gay. Of course he does. Why? Why would you do that to just a great fun kids movie? Why would you do it? Because they don't get the power of writing a movie and, and think to themselves, oh, let me set that part of myself aside. They get it and they use it. The right doesn't. The right doesn't. When Democrats get power, of course they're going to flood the country with illegal immigrants. And if a bunch of them have coronavirus, which they know, by the way, they know they have coronavirus, they're testing them, well, just send them to some Republican states. I mean, it'll make those Republican governors who aren't doing what they're told look bad. Maybe try to get a little amnesty through later on, turn that red state blue. You can hate them for that and say to yourself, that's evil and that's wrong. and that's You can say, oh, no, that's fine. And yeah, it is. But here's what sucks. Here's what truly sucks. You and I have to start conducting ourselves that way. Yeah, I talk all the time to you and myself, frankly, about being more purposeful, right? But what am I usually talking about when I do that? Be more purposeful with what you buy, what you don't buy, where you spend your money, where you don't spend your money. And this is after I just admitted to you I went and apparently funded one of these movies with my sons. There's something else we have to do, and you're absolutely going to hate it. I know you will, because I do. Hang on, I'll tell you. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You should have seen us jamming to that in here. That's a good song, Chris. Don't lie. Everybody lies about whether or not they like that song. Everyone likes that song. Just everyone feels the need to lie about it. Did you see he's narrating? A, <laughs> he's narrating a podcast. Vanilla Ice. This is a headline from the Irish News. Vanilla Ice narrates a new BBC podcast about the kidnapping of sugar. Who's sugar? It was a horse. It was a race horse. I don't have any idea what this story has to do about anything, so I'm going to move on to something else now. <laughs> All right. 877-377-4373. I guess we finally worked out the phone problem. I love this one. This is from the New York Post. Subway franchisees are fed up with Megan Rapino ads. Remember what I just said about being more purposeful? Pay attention. I'm going somewhere with this. Megan Rapino, she's been doing a bunch of ads for Subway during the Olympics. Megan Rapino, 
She's the short-haired, pink-haired chick on the Olympics who really kind of led the charge with the female soccer team on doing the whole America sucks routine. She's the millionaire who's been kneeling for the flag and America's evil and America sucks. The most unlikable human being in the world. And I have a lesson for everyone to coming up on that in just a second. But first, a bunch of subways, franchisees, you know, subway, they, they, they sell their franchise. You could start a subway franchise. I'm sure they have standards, but you could start a subway franchise. You have to pay them for it. Well, why are, why are some of these people worried? Well, in one spot, she runs up to a guy with a burrito in his hands and she kicks a soccer ball at him. It's all this woman power garbage, you know, just obnoxious like feminists are at all times anyway. You know why the franchise owners are getting mad? Franchise owners, they're starting to get complaints. They're starting to get a lot of complaints. They're starting to get things, quote, Boycott Subway until Subway fires the anti-American. Quote, the ad should be pulled and done with. It gets tiring apologizing. That's from a franchisee. You know why that that Megan Rapinoe is potentially going to lose out on endorsement dollars and Subway's going to have to pull an ad? Do you know why? Not because you and I got mad. Not because we put up something on Facebook. Not because we sat with our buddies and started arguing back and forth on the back porch having a couple bourbons. We are possibly going to have something right and decent happening. Why? People were activists. You were an activist. Did you write your local subway? You sent him an email? He asked to speak to the manager when you go in there. How great does it feel to ask to speak to the manager for any reason? It's basically the worst feeling in the world. Don't you feel like a jerk? Don't you feel like a huge jerk? I don't know that I've ever done it. Maybe once or twice at a restaurant maybe or something like that. It's, it has to get bad. Maybe we have to start asking for the manager. Maybe it's time the... And I'm not actually picking on Subway. You don't have to go destroy your local Subway. That's up to you. I'm just using this story as an example. Maybe it's time to let the local manager know. Maybe it's time to let him know, I'll be back as soon as that woman's not advertising for Subway on my television set, and I won't be back before. And maybe it's time for your 10 friends to go in there too, whether they shop there or not, and say, I won't be back until this person's off. You know why? Because then he goes to the people who are high up at Subway and says, you're killing me here. Get this woman gone. Now that sounds terrible to you, and it sounds terrible to me. Who wants to live their life like that? Complaining at people. I don't like your ad. You and I, were much more likely to just stop going there, right? Or sometimes the right is so weak, we'll just keep going there and ignore it. But you and I were most likely just going to say, oh, I'm not going to go there anymore. That doesn't win anything. That doesn't win anything. I know you don't want to be a complainer. I don't want to be a complainer. Gosh, that sounds terrible. Ah, Can I speak with your manager? That sounds terrible. I want to just bang my head right off the desk even thinking about it. But that's where we are. That's where we are. We must 
become active in more things like this. And again, I can't stress this enough. Do do it or don't do it. I'm not talking about Subway specifically here. Are you mad about something? You mad about some kind of cultural rot filth on your television? What have you done about it? What have you done about it? You see, you and I, we don't love the fight. We love the win. The communists love the fight. That's why they've been able to take this over. They enjoy that kind of complaining all the time. Whether they get what they want or not, they just love it. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle for them. They love it. Well, we have to be that way. We have to learn to fall in love with the fight. Maybe your voice will fall on deaf ears. Maybe we need to organize more people to go after them. Maybe it's time for us to start playing offense. Maybe it's time for corporate boardrooms to start being scared of you and me instead of the purple-haired freaks out on the sidewalk. That's no offense if you're a lady and you're hot and you have purple hair. Like I said, that can be hot sometimes. It can be, Chris. By the way, is Rashida Tlaib kind of hot? She is, right? She is. Oh, we're going to get so much hate mail for that. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Oh, she is. Quit lying. Don't yell at me. Dear Shogun, my wife thinks it's okay to bring groceries into the house by leaving the door open and making 11 trips back and forth from the car. As a man, I know there's only one acceptable method, one trip. Sure, you have dozens of bags hanging from each arm and your fingers are contorted into hooks to carry five, six packs in each hand, and sometimes you have a watermelon wedged into your armpit and a frozen pizza pinned against your chest with your chin as you stagger run up while kicking a frozen turkey along in front of you like a soccer ball. And sure, it takes a minute to get the door open by biting the doorknob, but I'm not paying to air condition the outdoors, and I haven't got all day to make multiple trips like a chick. One trip. Set her straight, Jesse. He says I can use his name. His name is William. One trip. Men make one trip. Now, I'll say this in your wife's defense, William. In your wife's defense, it's perfectly acceptable for women to make two trips. Totally acceptable. Women have these dainty little wrists, and there's not, there's not a pride factor associated with it. I have gone and got the groceries when my wife's gone to the store a thousand times in my life. I've never made two trips. I'll never make two trips. Not in a million years. I don't care what I have to do. I'm a one-trip person at all times. All right. You see what happened with the Colorado Rockies? No. I don't expect you to care specifically about the Colorado Rockies. I don't. This is what happened. We have a fake racism alert. Where'd it come from? What happened? What does it prove about America? I'll tell you all that in just a second. But first and foremost, safety matters, especially in this crazy world right now. Let me tell you a story. It's a true story. Husband and wife driving home from dinner. They get stopped at a red light. Happens to all of us. Angry mob surrounds their car. They force open the driver's side door get their hands on the husband, start dragging him from the car. Now, 
if he doesn't have his Hero 2020 non-lethal weapon, that wife is now a widow and possibly dead herself. But he did. Pop, pop, shoots the attacker twice in the chest and unleashes this, oh my gosh, it's just terrible, this powerful chemical pepper irritant. It, it's debilitating. The attackers instantly take off, gets back in the car, drives away. Not a single life lost. Everyone goes home safe that night. Go to Hero2020.com. Use the coupon code Kelly. Get one today. I own one. Remember, though, state law restrictions may apply. Hero2020 coupon code Kelly. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. All right. We're going to get to me doing my favorite thing in the world in just a moment. We got Megan Kelly coming up in 10 minutes, and we're going to get to the Colorado Rockies. But first, since I screwed up earlier, it was a tech problem on the phones. I'm going to go to the phones. 877-377-4373. No niceties. Get to the point. Jerry, go. Ten days ago was the five-year anniversary of the FBI officially opening up their crossfire hurricane investigation. Five years later, not one person has been prosecuted and not one person has done any jail time. And this is one of many answers to your question, Jesse, when you ask, why do politicians feel so comfortable talking to us this way? Because they can and the system protects them. 100% right. 100% right. Absolutely nailed it, Jerry. And well done getting right to the point, my man. And it was an excellent point. I said this, I said this during the the FBI stuff when it came to the FISA court, remembering the Steele dossier. I mean, we've used this before, but we have to wrap our minds around what a huge deal this is. The FBI is obviously supposed to be the most non-political thing in the world, right? Supposed to be. Hillary Clinton, her campaign, well, not her campaign, people who were, it's a long story. Hillary Clinton, though, the Hillary Clinton people, they paid a disgraced foreign intelligence agent to create a dossier of dirt on Trump. Now, don't think that that's unique or something like that. That's what politicians do. They they dig for dirt on their opponents so they can use it to hurt them. That's not new. This guy creates this dossier. But because he disgraced guy, he's a disgraced guy. He's not a credible human being at all. It's all crap. I mean, it's 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 got horror. It's got information in there that everyone knows isn't true. It's not reliable. He's using bad sources, and this is well known. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, under Barack Obama, took information that they knew was bad. They knew it was bad. They took they knowingly took bad information. And they went down to the FISA court and got a warrant to spy on the political campaign of the opponents of the president of the United States of America. I, I really genuinely mean this. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be over the top. That is such a serious crime. Capital punishment should have been considered for the people involved. That is that big of a deal. 
When you consider the power, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the power they hold in their hands, to abuse the power on that level is, it's stunning. It's stunning. And not a single person saw one day in jail. One FBI lawyer got busted for it. He got probation. What he just said about no accountability is 1,000% correct. That's why they feel so comfortable all the time abusing us and abusing us and abusing us. No one's ever held accountable. I mean, we bring up the Clintons a lot because, let's be honest, the Clintons were the best bad guys ever. I miss the Clintons. When I say I miss the Clintons, I, I mean it. Um, any book, any movie, it's not about the good guy. There's a great good guy in every book. They know how to make a protagonist. The really, truly great ones, it's about the bad guy. You got to have a good bad guy. Any, any, uh, anybody who ever watched professional wrestling will tell you it's all about the heel. You got to hate the bad guy. You, you know why you love Gladiator? It's not just because of Russell, Russell Crowe and Rome and the cool historical stuff. You love Gladiator because you hated the Emperor. You despised him in that movie. I miss the Clintons because they were such dirty political scum. I mean, dirty political scum. Wrap your mind around having the Clinton Foundation that never does anything political yet takes in routinely tens of millions of dollars in donations from foreign entities while Hillary is Secretary of State. <laughs> that is so that is so brazenly dirty. And the Clintons just did it. They just did it all the time. But back to the Clintons, what I was talking about. Hillary Clinton deleted 30,000 emails under subpoena. Under subpoena. And nothing happened. The FBI just dropped it like a hot potato. And that's why they're all comfortable now. They're all completely comfortable spitting in the face of you and I. Oh, gosh. Get back to the Rockies thing here in just a second. But I do have to take a brief moment and do my favorite thing in the world and say I told you so. Do you remember? Do you remember? I just want to make sure everybody remembers when the Texas Democrats... Remember the Texas Democrats when they took off for Washington, D.C., and they broke the law, and I came on the radio and said what? Remember, they broke the law, and not a small crime either. It's a crime. They didn't violate rules. They committed crimes. And Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, gets on the radio and says, they're all going to jail. They'll all be arrested the second they get back. And what did I come on the radio and tell you that night? When everyone else was saying something different, what did I tell you, Chris? Chris, I can't hear you. What did I say? Oh, yeah. I came on and said, people, these are Republicans. They're not Democrats. They don't use power. They would never, they would never dream of using power. The communist uses power. The Republican constantly searches for reasons why he can't use his power. I'm looking at a picture right now. One of the Texas Democrats is not only back in Texas. His name's J- uh, James Tallarico. I wouldn't look at it unless you want your T-levels to drop. But James Tallarico, 
I'm looking at him not only in Texas, he's posted a picture of himself in Texas. He's actually posted a picture of himself at a specific location in Texas. And man, he even says, I'm home. It's weird. He's weird how he's not in jail. I mean, they know right where he is. It's weird he's not in jail. So what we're going to get is I'll get a bunch of people saying a judge, a Democrat judge blocked him from arresting them. Okay. Would that stop them? Would it stop them? Are we now going to be the only team that plays by the rules? You know what? We'll ask Megyn Kelly about that and Obama and kids in schools. We got the great Megyn Kelly coming up now. The Jesse Kelly Show. I had no idea Megan was in the country. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Joining me now, journalist and host of the Megan Kelly Show, Megan Kelly herself. Megan, modern country? Why? Jesse, you know, this gal from upstate New York spends a few weeks a year, probably up to a month, uh, in Montana. And that's, you know, they kind of listen to different stuff up there. It's broadening my horizon. You know, I, I, as someone who grew up in Montana, I moved there when I was 10. I try to tell people, even all my people who are in Texas where I live now, that is a different kind of country. It is wild up there. Absolutely open place. But all right, getting, getting to the point here. Obama's big party is the big news, and we'll get to some other stuff in a second. What I've tried to explain to people is... Doesn't it simply show that they're not as worried about coronavirus as they're telling all of us to be? I mean, it's not like I think it's fake, but Megan, they're telling you and I we have to be scared and little Timmy has to stay home and grandma's going to die. And then they're living it up. Well, and the other thing is, how dare they tell me I've got to mask up my now eight-year-old when he goes back to school into the second grade. But Obama, who's supposed to be subject to the same mandates, Masks have to go on now, even if you're vaccinated. He doesn't have to listen at all. So this 60-year-old guy can do whatever the hell he wants, but he can tell my son and my other son and my daughter, all of whom are little, they've got to mask up all day. I, I mean, I'm with Rand Paul. Don't listen. Don't at this point. I mean, there's, to some extent, you have to because you're not going to let your kid into school, at least in my district. Um, but I tell my kids all the time, when you can get away with getting that mask off your face, do it. And I do the same. Are we creating a generation of of kids who are going to have more mental issues than we did, Megan, with all this mass stuff? It occurred to me the other day, I told the story today, uh, two or three healthy young teenage boys look like athletes walking through my neighborhood outside with masks on. How mentally messed up is that kid? What have we done to our kids in this country? I think it's up to us. I do think, like, I live in New York, and there are so many people who love to lean into their COVID fear in New York. I mean, this is a town that went 87% for Biden. And that's what they're doing to their kids. But my kids are not going to be like that. Your kids aren't going to be like that. Because the messaging really comes from home. I mean, my, my kids would be like, oh, masks are such a pain. All right, we'll do it. But no way are they like, oh, I'm scared. The people have the masks on. So it's really up to the parents to set the right messaging. Homeschooling's on the rise. And in fact, if the numbers are to be believed here, and there's no reason not to believe them, the numbers are blowing up. 
My question is, are people realizing these schools are absolutely cultural Marxist poison, or are they just so frustrated with the masks and lockdowns they're pulling their kids out? What level of awareness do parents have now for what's going on in our schools? Oh, I think they're tuned in in a way they haven't been, maybe ever, maybe ever, between being able to watch your kids' school thanks to Zoom um, last spring, you know, spring of 2020, and then a lot of parents, sadly, all last year. Uh, and then critical race theory just becoming a much bigger story. So you've got the double whammy. You know, your kid is being told if he has white skin, he's a white supremacist through no fault of his own. And if he has brown or black skin, that he's less than and he can never quite get over those that hump because of his, you know, skin color, all the wrong messages that we've been trying to get past for years. Then they're, they're, you know, they get the drag queen story hour. My kid in the third grade in his private school in New York was asked almost on a weekly basis whether he still thought he was a boy. Oh, Everyone gosh. in the class. Yeah, I mean, so it's that stuff plus masks, plexiglass. My daughter in her private school in New York where we're leaving, but she was told um, they got yelled at for outside with masks on singing. No singing. Just for the song. <laughs> it's like, so when, when it's like that, the parents, what reason do they have to leave them in school becomes the question. <sighs> Speaking with Megan Kelly, journalist and host of The Megan Kelly Show. Megan, I, I have only half joked before that you're the last actual journalist left in the United States of America. What happened to the profession? Has it always been a problem? Is it a, what, what happened to it now? Because you can't find real information anymore now. Yeah. Well, I've said before, and I really believe this, that journalism, it is dead. I mean, there's like, there's a little, there's a pocket here, a pocket there. But for the most part, what we, the way we used to know it, it's over. It's dead. And, you know, it's not that Trump killed it, but he was like their Kevorkian. They, they were doing it to themselves, and he was kind of the machine, the guy who helped with the machine. Because the bias was there, Jesse. It was there. I lived through it, and I thought myself, as somebody who was always I was always center-right, but nonpartisan, non-ideological. And so I could see it. I could see it on the right and the left. And I thought Fox is a great antidote to this very strong left-leaning press. And then Trump came along, and he not only exposed the bias that was already there, but he was the thing that made them say, we're taking off the mask altogether, and we're leaning into our bias. He's such a singularly bad character. We're leaning into our bias. And I said at the time, and I maintain that it was such a dangerous decision on so many levels. And just to take one off the top of my head, they now look around and say, why won't people believe us that the vaccines are important? Because you sacrificed all your yeah. credibility with nonstop Russia gate and everything Trump did was 11. You know, we could go down the list and we no longer trust you at all. Right. So it was a huge deal that they did the Jorge Ramos method of reporting just by saying, he's a bigot, he's a bigot, he's a racist, he's a sexist, he's a... And in everything. They saw that behavior in everything he didn't said. People tuned out. People didn't know where to go for legitimate information. I think a lot of us are still struggling with that. You get sucked into YouTube rabbit holes. and But the one thing you're not going to do is trust Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. That we know. There are undoubtedly a bunch of younger people out there wanting to be journalists or a media personality of some kind, and I'm more specifically talking about young ladies. And I and I, I personally believe so many young ladies get sucked into, I just have to be pretty. But you have to do so much more than that to stand out. What's the Megyn Kelly advice from the person who's obviously reached the mountaintop for somebody young starting out? The highest compliment 
to a journalist is that people want to listen to you, not look at you. And that should be your goal. You know, if you're in a visual medium like television, you need to make yourself look good. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, and there's a reason not look at a bunch of unattractive people on television. Yeah. <laughs> they get weeded out. That's just, and that's fine. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, however, the goal should always be to make people want to listen. And I said it even in launching my podcast because people were like, oh, you should put it on video. You know, you people are used to seeing you. And I said, let's just try it audio only because I would actually like to see, will people listen to me? And they have, and I kind of knew they would anyway, but it was just, it was somewhat validating. And I think it's much more validating even as, you know, a young woman, I'm not that young anymore, but for young women to realize you have something smart to say, as opposed to you're going to look really pretty saying it. Megan, what are you having for dinner tonight? I'm about to go out with my husband and uh, there's something called a, it's like a, it's a poke bowl, I guess, but it's not fish. It's got like chicken and rice. I could go for the Jesse Kelly cheeseburger. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to go ahead and, and mail you the recipe. But actually, the poke bowl is not bad. The wife dragged me to that a couple weeks ago. It's this big bowl of noodles and eggs and meat and stuff like that. I actually support that. I support you all the way. Go enjoy your dinner, <laughs> Megan Kelly. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Big pleasure fan. Is mine. There just aren't many of them left, Chris. There just there aren't many of them left. All right, now. I got a deal for you. You know how I, t- I get deals for you from time to time? I have a deal for you. You know my pillow. Obviously, they don't need a big introduction on this show. My pillow has what they're calling the sale of the year. I agree. You see, my sheets are Giza Dream Sheets. That is the best cotton in the world. You, you cannot imagine how comfortable these things are. Giza Dream Sheets, 50% off right now. 50% off. You won't see another deal like this, and it's for a limited time. And remember our talk earlier in the show, like five minutes ago, about being more purposeful with our money? This is one of those big companies not trying to destroy your culture. Go to MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. You can get Giza Dream Sheets as low as $49.99, but got to use the promo code JESSE. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE. Go enjoy the best night's sleep you've ever had in your life. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and boy, you didn't know you were going to be in for a treat tonight because Megan Kelly just gave me an idea. You heard, maybe in passing reference, you heard Megan say what she needs is a Jesse Kelly burger. Well, we have a bunch of new listeners. Maybe you weren't aware that on top of being this huge, important celebrity, what, Chris? I am on top of being this huge, important celebrity, I also make the greatest cheeseburger on the planet. The greatest cheeseburger on the planet. And in case you think, ah, he's just being over the top for radio, this has been independently verified by pretty much everybody I've ever made it for. I make the best cheeseburger on earth. And it's taken years. I started at this right when I got out of the Marines, and it's taken years to figure out exactly how to make it, what makes it right, what makes it better. Would you like to know how to make the greatest cheeseburger on earth? 
I will tell you in about 10 minutes from now, I will tell you. But first and foremost, because I did want to talk about this. Uh, Look, the Colorado Rockies, this was a story over the weekend. Colorado Rockies game, some fan starts calling out for their mascot, trying to get a hold of their mascot. A mascot's name is Dinger, D-I-N-G-E-R. Immediately online, somebody thinks they hear the N-word. Well, there's an investigation. The team puts out a statement. It's this huge thing. We are horrified. We're investigating. We're Turns out it's all for naught. So let's not spend a lot of time on this. But I do want to get to this. At just the thought that somebody might have said that word, the world stopped. Everything stopped until this is investigated and we have to get to the truth and we will not stand for this and this is the end of the world. Okay. Haven't we take care of the race, taken care of the racism thing, though, as much as it can be taken care of if that's the case? Because I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine this fan. I want you to imagine he actually did say the N-word. What would happen? What would happen to that fan? Oh, um, I don't know. Everything bad you can possibly imagine. Well, first of all, first and foremost, let's let's just understand this. One, Losing his job is a foregone conclusion. Whatever he does, no matter his position at the company, I don't care if he's CEO or the mail clerk, without question, he's fired. Okay, so if you were to say that word, you're fired. Okay, that's that's just step one. My goodness, that's step one. Um, this This day and age, without question, there would be one of two, if not both of these things. There would be a CNN crew on your front lawn showing your house to all the world and or an angry, violent mob of Black Lives Matter people shouting profanities, threatening you. That's two. Those two things are guaranteed. Okay, so you've lost your job. You now have an angry mob burning things on your front porch. The news media is now blasting your home out there. Okay, well, your wife, wife just lost her job if she works at all. If she doesn't work, all of her friend circle is now gone. Okay, that's the wife. She's gone. Your kids, if you had said this word, your kids would have to leave the school the next day. Or they would either be mercilessly mocked and berated by other kids. That's the best case scenario. Probable scenario, depending on the makeup of the school, your kids would have the daylights beaten out of them. They'd come home missing teeth. All right, so you've lost your job. There's something burning on your front porch. And these you know all these things are true. Your wife lost her job if she has one. She did lose all her friends, and your kids are beaten to a bloody pulp. All right, so it's so bad now in this hometown that you will undoubtedly have to move. You will have to move. You will not be able to stay in this area again. You'll have to move to another place where nobody knows who you are. As soon as everyone forgets about it, you move to a tiny town in Montana and hope no one else ever finds out about it again. Okay, can we agree we've kind of taken care of the racism thing then? You see what I'm saying? If being a racist, if being a racist or or, or saying that word is going to result in all of those things happening to you, then how racist of a society are we still? 
Is there anything worse you could possibly be labeled as? Chris, as far as having your life destroyed? I would venture to guess, and I don't mean to be vulgar, I would venture to guess it would be light years better for your reputation to be uh, uh, caught as an adulterer than caught as a racist in this country. Am I wrong as far as the social stigma goes? It's undeniable. If that has become the peak evil you can possibly be, maybe we can set aside all the race politics now. I, I think we've won, right? And the guy's totally going to sue someone because for about 15 minutes they thought he, thought he said the N-word. And you know that he's already getting threats by morons who didn't get updated on the story. All right. That was all the bad stuff. All right. 877-377-4373. I'll get to a phone call or two again before the show's over. And don't forget, I'm about to teach you how to make the greatest cheeseburgers on the planet. Don't say a word, Chris. They are. You haven't even had them yet. Emails. Jesse, I'd like to know your thoughts on Romans 13. I feel like Christians have used this chapter as an excuse to be lazy when when we face the lockdown of churches and mask mandates. I feel there are several examples, especially in the Old Testament, he says, what, Chris, of God's people not complying with government? You can use my name. Oh, he's 100% right. 100% right. Look, happy happy to call out Christianity every chance I get because we have to call out our own, don't we? Using turn the other cheek and just give to Caesar what is Caesar's as an excuse to be a compliant, pathetic little sheep who sells your country down the river for people who hate your guts and will line your kids up against the wall and shoot them in the head. That's not Christianity. That's cowardice. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. Shogun, we fought a war. We fought a war you were in, Iraq, and spent 20 years in Afghanistan. We accomplished nothing in both places other than to break things, kill the enemy, and get our young men and women killed for no good reason. OBL, that's Osama bin Laden, was in Pakistan, and we got him. Today, we have an invading force of migrants so far exceeding more than a million souls, far exceeding the threat that we faced a thousand miles away, and it is permitted with the blessing by the communist pudding brain... What is it that makes you conclude this can end peacefully? At some point, isn't fighting for your way of life in geography a natural response to a threat to same? I see blood in America eventually. What say you, Eminence? He says I can use his name. His name is Chris. Um, What makes me conclude it can end peacefully? Man, I don't know that it will. But I know this. We have to try everything everything before the, that day ever comes, don't we? Don't we? I mean, look, I'm assuming maybe you've seen some combat. I have. Do you want that in your city streets? People talk all the time online about civil war. We need to have a civil war. Man, you don't want to see women dead. You don't want to see kids dead. I've had the privilege. Believe me, you, you don't. That's not something you, you forget. You don't want that here. You don't want that here. We must do and try everything we possibly can, everything we can to save this place before we ever consider something like that. So I don't know. I don't know that I think it can end peacefully, but I do know this. We try everything twice, 
three times, ten times before we ever get to a place where we consider stuff like that. Now, you didn't know when you tuned into the Jesse Kelly show tonight, you were going to have the greatest thing ever happen to you. It's about to happen to you next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly show on a Monday. And little did you know, this was going to be the best night of your life or afternoon or evening, depending on what time zone you're in. It's weird now that the show's nationwide. Some people listen at like four in the afternoon. Other people, it's like nine o'clock. I don't know why we need time zones, Chris. I don't support it. I've never supported it. Look, when we start Jesse land, when the country gets a national divorce and I will obviously be the benevolent dictator of the new place while we get everything worked out. Jesse land, we're not going to have time zones. Just know that. Headline. Remember we talked earlier in the show about Obama and them just rubbing all that COVID stuff in your face. Mass panic out there, yet they're having big parties. And what I said was all cultural institutions now are rotted out, corrupted, and bad. And people just have to accept it. Well, people are accepting it. This is a headline from Fox News. CNN helped raise 230000 for, quote, mom facing eviction before issuing a major correction. She's not the mother. <laughs> they promoted the story of a mom of three young children. She was nervous about being evicted. Yeah, she wasn't the mom at all. Which leads me to my next headline. CNN, MSNBC, drop in the trust ratings. That's according to Forbes. People are figuring out. Slowly, not as fast as you'd like them to, but people are figuring out. Everything you see is a lie now. And that gets hard to accept. But let's set that aside and let me welcome you in to the world of the greatest cheeseburger on the planet. My world. You see... I'm a man of few skills. I certainly have few skills in the kitchen. I'm not going to go out and bake you a pie. I'm not even going to be able to make you spaghetti. But if you were on death row and had to choose one cheeseburger, you would choose mine. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you miss any part of this, the whole thing is podcasted. iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. First and foremost, get your butt the car. Head to the grocery store. Do not send someone else to do this for you. The burger is your responsibility from start to finish. So take responsibility for it. If you send uh, your wife or your husband to the store and they don't know all the steps, they don't know everything, they will come back with a step messed up. And when I tell you I've been working on this for a long time, since I got out of the Marine Corps was what, 04? I've been working on this since 04. I know what I'm doing. Walk into the grocery store yourself. You cannot delegate. Walk into the grocery store yourself. First place you're headed, I'm assuming, depending on how your grocery store is laid out, the meat. I want you to grab a pack of that 90-10 beef, look at it, and then throw it back down in the meat section because you're not even going to look at anything like that. I'm serious. If that's all they have in the meat section, walk away and do not make my burgers. Or if you do make them, don't you dare call on my burgers. You must get the fattiest meat humanly possible. In many grocery stores, that will be 80-20. Because this here is Texas. 
We get 73.27, and that's what I buy. The fat is important. I'm not just trying to be a big tubby. I'm telling you this for a reason, which we'll get to that reason in just a moment. From the meat section, you will then turn and walk over to the cheese section. And you see all those new cheeses and fancy cheeses and look at this. Ignore all that and get some Kraft American cheese slices. Yes, I love cheese of all kinds. I'm actually a cheese freak. Even the fancy ones. I like it all. For a cheeseburger, a cheeseburger is made with American cheese. It's the one that gets melty and gooey and you, you need American cheese. Kraft American cheese slices. Next, the buns. I don't know when we decided to not have any standards in this country anymore, but I watch people grab hamburger and hot dog buns in the grocery store and nothing, nothing disheartens me more for the direction of this nation. They walk by and they just grab the one off the end and throw in the cart. Chris, do you do that? Be honest right now. Okay, Chris, of course he doesn't. You stay there and you finger the buns. You must finger the buns. You have to check the dates because they put the ones that are fresher in the back so suckers will buy the older ones. You check the back first. You finger the buns. You don't know just by dates either. Unless you're willing to sink your fingers into the buns, you cannot make my burgers. Find your buns. Pull the buns out. Now to the condiment section. You need three things. Three things only. You need garlic powder. I stress this again, garlic powder, not garlic salt. When I say this, I'm saying this from the times I have screwed it up, and I have screwed up many. No garlic salt, garlic powder. You need any kind, this is the only flexibility I'll give you, any kind of all-purpose seasoning. You can use Lowry's, anything, you know, all the, I think uh, Nature's Own has one, don't they, Chris? Nature, what am I asking you for? Any kind of all-purpose seasoning, you know what I'm talking about. Now, lastly... And this is the star of the show. This is not debatable. And for some reason, I've had people send me emails about how they made my burgers and they didn't use this. And I just about blow a gasket. Walk to the hot sauce section and buy Chipotle Tabasco sauce. I didn't say Tabasco sauce, did I? I didn't say what other kind of hot sauce you like. I didn't say Chipotle Cholula, even though that's delicious. Did I say any of those things? Chipotle Tabasco sauce is what I said. And if you happen to already have some at home, you don't have enough. Trust me on that. Buy a new bottle. You're going to need a new bottle. Now, you got all your fixings. Walk over to the lettuce and tomato and onion section and then just keep walking because I'm not making you a salad. This is a cheeseburger and none of that filth goes on my burger. Go check out. Go home. Drop your burger in. I usually use a big bowl if you have one. A cookie tray will work fine, too. All that raw burger gets dropped there. Use a medium amount of garlic powder. You can't really over-garlic it too much. I mean, but I wouldn't dump it on there. Just a medium amount's fine. A medium to small amount of the general seasoning you use. Let me stress this again. Medium to small. Burgers are not steaks. You can do this with steaks too, but it's very easy to oversalt a burger, especially this one. So medium to small amount. Lastly, that Chipotle Tabasco sauce, go grab that bottle, open it, start dumping. I didn't say put a couple drops on, did I? I said start dumping. I, and people think I'm joking, per pound of burger, I will use 
half a bottle, if not more sometimes. Don't worry, don't worry. If what you're saying right now is, Jesse, no, I won't be able to handle the heat. Hear me out here. Hear me out. You still have to cook these burgers. Almost all of the heat will cook off. There'll be a little left, but almost all the heat will cook off. You need that smoky Chipotle flavor in there. Dump a ton on there, and as soon as you're like, wow, that's probably too much, dump some more on there. You can't have too much. I've made these things a million times and screwed them up a million different ways. I've never once made them and said, oh, that's too much Chipotle Tabasco. It's never happened. So be generous. Now, mix all that stuff up together. Your hands are going to get dirty here. Mix it all up together and do a big mashy thing so it's all mixed in. Time to make your patties. Burger patties are thin. Good burger patties are thin patties. Don't be one of these guys, oh, I like my burger patty 10 feet thick because I think it makes me a man. If you want more meat on your burger, that's fine. Make it make, make it a double cheeseburger. But it's important for the cooking process, the way you make these, the patties are large and thin. Mine are really fat. They look like, I practically look like flapjacks. One little PSA to keep in mind here. If you have the 7327 beef, it's going to look like you just jumped into the Arctic without your swimsuit on. There's a lot of shrinkage that's about to happen when that thing hits the pan because so much of it's fat. So make that patty really, really, really big. It's about to get small in a hurry. I did say pan just now. Do you notice just now when I said pan? Yeah, I didn't misspeak. Good burgers are not made on your grill. I know you love your grill. Fellas, I'm definitely talking to you. Ladies won't have as much pride about this. I know you love your grill. I'm sure you make a million great things on your grill. Keep making good things on your grill. The best burgers in the world are made on a flat top of some kind. Now, you can put a flat gri- uh, uh, a griddle or something or a cast iron pan on your grill. I do that a lot. It helps with the splatterage. But it's got to be cooked in something flat. All right. We're not quite done yet. I'm going to make your evening and finish off the best burgers in the world. And then headlines I didn't get to. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show final segment. We'll get to headlines. I didn't get to a couple emails here in just a second, but I know you're dying for the finale on the burger. In case you missed the beginning of me telling you how to make the greatest burgers on earth, the whole show's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. You can podcast it at your leisure. The burger's mixed. You have a frying pan. Cast iron is preferred. But if you just have a regular frying pan, don't worry. I made this thing for years in a regular old frying pan. Same one I make my eggs in, and it was just fine. Burger goes down. Burger gets flipped. Soon as you flip, I don't know why I feel like I have to say this, the cheese goes on the nanosecond you flip the burger. Cheese on a burger should be melting all over the place. Not half melted, certainly not this unmelted thing at all. I've actually had restaurants bring me out a burger before with a a, a still cold piece of cheese on the top. You know how I say I never talk to the manager? Oh, I'll talk to the manager then. Don't bring me that garbage. Melt the cheese. Take the burger off. 
place it on your fresh buns because you took the time to feel them, and then enjoy. Then I know what you're saying. Jesse, you forgot to add the mayo or ketchup or mustard or whatever. No, I didn't. I did not forget at all. My burgers, that burger I just designed for you and spent years slaving in the in the kitchen over, my burger doesn't need anything. It doesn't need ketchup, mustard, mayo. It doesn't need tomatoes. Well, no, but nothing needs tomatoes. It doesn't need onions. It doesn't need anything. My burger is perfect with just the buns, meat, and cheese. Go and do likewise. Email. Love the Titanic podcast. As a kid, I was fascinated by shipwrecks, and I read a lot of books about the Titanic. The history episode was a blast from the past for me. Love the show, Jesse. Keep unmasking the Americoms and calling them out for who they really are. In case you don't know what he's talking about, every week or so, depending on what the time and technical issues will allow us to do, I put out a history podcast. Totally separate. You're not going to hear it here on the air. Generally, I mean, I can't give you a time. I'll try to keep them 40 to 45 minutes. I can't make any promises on that because part of the reason I love doing them is I can just go as long as I want. I'm going to have some that are definitely going to go longer. But I did one. The last one I did is on the Titanic. If you're looking for it, it's on that same uh, podcast feed, the iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes feed. It's right there. Just scroll down. What's it called, Chris? Is it called Lessons from History or something? What's it called? Oh, it's just called History with Jesse Kelly, and you'll see Titanic on there. So there you go. Go enjoy. I know you have asked Dr. Jesse on Fridays, but this is an emergency. My nine-year-old daughter has told me on a few occasions that Joe Biden is a pretty cool president. She says, heartbroken. When she told me this, I saw my life flash before my eyes. I thought maybe she wanted me to get her something. But unfortunately, my wife and I know we will have to work double time to counteract the public school system. I have to admit, when I was in the military, quote, you followed your commander-in-chief, but this, he says, illegally elected person, can't get anything done till medtime. Uh, look, she's nine, bro. She'll figure it out. Even if my boys were wingnut lefties, which my, they're not, they really have gone the other direction with that. Even if my boys were wingnut lefties, they would come around. It was hilarious. I forget what they were talking about, a... Uh, 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 they were referencing some video games or something like that. And they said, yeah, dad, it's pretty cool. You get to kill communists. And I was like, whoa, that's the, <laughs> my boy. I'm so proud of you. Jolly Green Jesse. During August 6th episode, you, you rhetorically asked if we made a mistake in choosing our current form of government. Many founders thought a republic could only work on a small scale. And personally, I find the worries of, of the so-called anti-federalists at the time of ratification to have been completely vindicated. The experiment worked in 1787, but I'm not so sure it works in 2021 in a nation as large and ideologically polarized as ours. So what happens after the national divorce, so on and so forth? Look, one, one thing, I don't want to say that saddens me. Because there's enough sad news out there. One, one of the things that does bum me out a little bit is this. The coming years, the coming decades, they're not going to look anything like the past decades. In our government, in the future, whatever it is, it will not be a limited government. I know that. I know that because history tells me so. The freedom portion of the whole freedom experiment, 
that's gone. We're going to have now a bigger, stronger government that has much, much, much more power over our lives than it had ever it was ever supposed to have. That sucks. But it means we have to back the right horse. It means you're either going to have this guy with too much power who wants to destroy everything you care about or this guy also with too much power who wants to destroy the people who want to destroy everything you care about. I don't like that. I want to vote for tiny, tiny government. I'm not going to have that option. Oh, shoot. Headlines I didn't get to. All right. Time for headlines I didn't get to. We'll get to like two. (laughs) Job openings surge above 10 million for the first time ever, the Labor Department says. Job openings uh, surge above 10 million. First time ever. Hmm. Well, looks like all those stimulus checks and unemployment checks to stay home and not work. Boy, it turns out the government did something and it's going to backfire. Who'd have thought? Headline. Rand Paul implores Americans to choose freedom over potential lockdowns. Time for us to resist. We played that audio earlier in the show. Go resist all of us. For now, you are still very, very free. That's all. So-